I'm uh. Might take my mask off. Nice. I feel a little bit. I can relate to Moses right now because. On one hand, I'm a little bit nervous, uh, but also there's like this light shining behind my face for you guys. All right, uh, if you can turn or tap your Bibles to Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6. And we'll be reading verse 6. For I desire faithful love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, pray for the preaching of your word in Hosea chapter 6, that that my voice would be quiet and that your voice would speak loudly, and that uh, the Bethany Baptist Church would be blessed by this preaching, and that it would cause many to understand how to properly worship and honor you. Pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen. The general idea of Hosea 6.6 is very intuitive for us to understand. None of us want superficial relationships based on machine-like obedience and formality. We want organic relationships based on trust, loyalty, love, faithfulness, and truly being known by others. Relationships aren't built merely on the foundation of knowing facts about one another. We want to know others to the point that we can predict each other's thoughts and finish each other's... Thank you. We are born wanting to be known and wanting to know others deeply. So Hosea 6.6 makes intuitive sense to us. God wants his people to be loyal and to know him rather than offer empty sacrifice. But how exactly do we find God's people in Hosea 6.6 offering empty sacrifice to God? In order to understand how we find Israel being called out for their empty religion, we need to consider who Israel was at this point in time. If you grew up in the church, you are likely familiar with Hosea 1 through 3. It is the story of Hosea and Gomer. Hosea is a prophet, a man of God, and he is told by God to marry a woman named Gomer. So they marry, they have kids with rather interesting names, and then Gomer betrays Hosea by having an affair. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. God then commands Hosea to love Gomer the way God plans to love Israel despite her betrayal. In the rest of the book of Hosea, God speaking through Hosea reminds the nation of Israel that your worship of false gods has made you like a cheating spouse. And even worse, you return to me with half-hearted worship and empty sacrifices. Hosea 6.6 is a warning to Israel that their idolatry had made God as worthless to them as their idols. And that leads us to the main message. Worthless idols produces worthless worship. Worthless idols 
produces worthless worship. If PJ's sermon this morning was about resting in Jesus, then this sermon is more about exposing what our competing sources of rest may be. We'll first look at our worthless idols, then we'll take a look at the worthless worship that they teach us. And we'll close by looking at what is the worthy worship that God calls us to. So point one, our worthless idols. During the time that Hosea was prophesying, Israel had become well acquainted with the gods of their neighbors. Among these competing gods was Baal, who was known as the god of fertility, rainfall, productivity, and agriculture. In the eyes of Israel, Baal was not necessarily a competing god to Yahweh. Rather, Baal was a way of hedging their bets to ensure that their descendants would number the stars in the sky and that their crops would produce a bountiful harvest to feed those children. From Israel's point of view, they had not necessarily rejected Yahweh, but rather they covered all their bases to ensure their own security. But what Israel did not see was that Baal was a worthless idol, not just because he was a statue, but even more so by the nature of their relationship to Baal. Baal was no more than a glorified vending machine. In comparison, Yahweh had spoken to them directly. Yahweh had protected them as a pillar of fire. He had provided water and food as they walked through the wilderness. Multiple times he had been rejected by Israel only to have them return to him. And Yahweh desired to enter into a covenant relationship with them. Yet Israel, like Gomer, returned time and again to a God that only preferred their animal carcasses. Not only was Baal a God who was incapable of delivering on his promises, his requirement to deliver on those promises required a form of worship that was devoid of any real connection. Baal did not want Israel to know him. Baal did not want to establish a lasting relationship with him. Baal as a god was as worthless as the dead carcasses that were being offered to him. Now for us, while worshipping statues may be below us, our idols will seldom be a singular god that cap captures our collective imagination the way that Baal captivated Israel. Baal represented Israel's idolatry of sex, fertility, and bountiful harvest. But for any one of us today, we may be captivated by a thousand different bales at once. Some of our idols, like addiction or unrighteous anger, are blatantly evil. But most of our idols will be far more subtle. It will be our desire to wish only the best life for our children. The desire for our spouse to be a little more perfect. Not perfect, just a little more perfect. It will be a career aspiration. Our worthless idol will be whatever we want slightly more than God. And when our intentions outweigh God's intentions, we create worthless idols. And this leads to the second point, our worthless worship. As Israel time and again returned to Baal for rain and a bountiful harvest and fertile wombs, they had become accustomed 
to a new way of communicating with God. Israel had cracked the code to worship, sacrifice and burnt offering. What Israel had not realized was that Yahweh had no interest in having a relationship with Israel that involved cheap transactions. God had made it clear to Israel multiple times before this that sacrifices apart from loyalty and love were worthless to him. Isaiah chapter 1, bring no more vain offerings. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Your hands are full of blood. In Micah 6, will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Psalm 51, David says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. As Israel worshipped Baal through ritual sacrifice, they began to approach Yahweh in a similar manner. They had grown accustomed to the idea that the way to communicate with God was through ritual sacrifice and offering. They saw Yahweh the way that they saw Baal. And in worshiping the worthless idol of Baal, Israel had de developed a worthless worship of Yahweh. Israel convinced themselves that they were giving Yahweh what he wanted. I want to be very clear that Israel did not completely forget Yahweh. They kept him around, but not because he was worthy as their one true God, but rather they found him useful. Yahweh went from being the one true God of Israel to being a God of Israel. And that was the heart of Israel's problem. Their worthless idol produced in them a worthless worship of Yahweh. In worshiping Baal, Israel saw Yahweh no longer as the faithful God who keeps his covenant with faithful love, but as the God of transactions and empty service. In closing, I want to focus on the positive aspect of Hosea 6.6. God desires faithful love and knowledge of him. And that takes us to our third point. Worthy worship is more than sacrifice and burnt offering. Worthy worship is more than sacrifice and burnt offering. Hosea is not calling us to disregard the Old Testament sacrificial system or to skip Exodus and Leviticus in our Bible reading plans. The call to faithful love goes beyond empty offerings. As one wise man said, my wife doesn't care too much for flowers. You can tell by the way she cares for them. But she does love the fact that I thought about her while I was away, and that's why I give her flowers. Just as flowers alone would be a poor substitute for the peace and joy of a loyal friend, so too is sacrifice alone a poor substitute for faithful love toward a faithful God. The worthy worship that God calls us to certainly involves sacrificing our time, our money, and energy. Hosea 6.6 is not a call to show disdain toward the disciplines of Bible reading, prayer, gospelizing, church membership, tithing, and service, but rather to put it in its place as displays of affection toward a God who had loved us first. To my Christian brothers and sisters, 
Every week, we proclaim acts of God's faithful love to one another during our evening service, just as we did a couple minutes ago. When we pray on a daily basis, we offer praise to God for his provision of our daily needs. And when we read scripture or a friend encourages us, we are reminded of how well God knows us. God does not merely throw us a loaf of bread here or a cash cash deposit there in return for our loyalty. Instead, God took the first step of faithful love toward us by being a willing sacrifice for our sin. God is not waiting for us to build up a reservoir of sacrifices in exchange for his love. He isn't even requiring us to take the first step in love. The gospel is a reminder that he knew us before we chose to know him and that he was faithful to us even as we were unfaithful to him. Worthy worship is sacrifice that comes from the knowledge of this God. To my non-Christian friends, could it be possible that the God you reject and detest is actually the transactional God of Baal that we see in Hosea? Could it be that the God you're looking for is the God of Hosea that will actually pursue his unfaithful lover? This is the God that the true followers of Jesus worship, and I encourage you to ask the Christians in your life about this God. So in closing, for a second time, the call of Hosea 6.6 is to reject our worthless idols and enter into a covenant with God that engages us on the level of our desires and not merely our duty, on the level of our affections and not merely our actions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that we come to realize areas in our life where idolatry has taken shape. Pray that, Lord, our idols would be exposed and that in having them exposed, we will not hide, we will not be ashamed. Rather, we would lay them before you, knowing that, Lord, you understand the temptations that idols can bring to us. And I pray, Lord, that we would come to worship you as the worthy one, not as a God of transactions, not as a God who merely rewards us for good behaviors, but a God who has accepted us and redeemed us in spite of the multiple times that we have sinned against him. We thank you and praise you, Lord. Amen.